What's going on, party people? My name is Donnie Mabe, and you are listening to another episode of Oak Performance Radio. Enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Oak Performance Radio. I'm your host, Adam Lane. If you're new to the show, our goal here is to create some content, some fantastic content for athletes, parents, and coaches. We tell stories, have laughs, and go into everything that is the end game of athletic performance, helping athletes achieve their optimal performance and be the best they can possibly be. Enjoy the show. Hey, Oak Performance Radio listeners. This episode is brought to you by PowerUp, the world's premier resource for training athletes, educating coaches, and nutrition. Our goal is to provide world-class solutions for real-world athletes and coaches. We are fortunate to work with thousands of athletes around the globe, and we've taken them to the highest levels of performance. If you're working with athletes or trying to improve yourself with a performance goal, come check us out at powerathletehq.com. And if you want some dope merch, we have an amazing collection of black shirts with white skulls. Use the code AMAZING10 for 10% off your initial purchase. If you need anything performance-related, like I said, come check us out at powerathletehq.com. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Oak Performance Radio. I'm your host, Adam Lane. With me today, from the great state of Texas, Coach Donnie Mabe. Coach, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much, Adam. Uh, excited to be on the show. Appreciate you reaching out and for the invitation. Look forward to it. Yeah, this, this is just our week of Longhorns. So we started with Molly. We're going to finish with you. Um, you know, if there's anybody we missed, you let me know. But no, excited to get as many people from Texas on the show as possible. Yes, sir. It's our pleasure. We uh, we like to talk, so not not a bad thing. <laughs> so, Coach, for the um for the tens of people that listen to the show who might not know you and and what a big deal you are, can can you tell them who you are and why you're happy to do that? Uh, again, my name is Donnie Mabe. I'm a strength and conditioning coach. I just wrapped up my 25th year at Texas, uh, 29 years total of being a coach, which is mind boggling to me. I feel like I just started in many ways. Uh, so been in the performance uh, space since uh, the mid nineties, I think it was early to mid nineties. Uh, before that played football at Georgia, played defensive line, uh, had a great career there. Uh, before that was uh, played uh, high school football uh, in Gallatin, which is right outside of Nashville and grew up in Tennessee my whole life. And uh, I, I would just say, I think for me, like sport sports and this whole performance thing is just, completely changed and transformed my life and my family in a very positive way. And just, I'm called to coach. I'm called to serve uh, young athletes and help them uh, acquire their dreams and be the best version of themselves on and off the court. And, you know, I always say my mission statement simple. I want to teach young kids how to win in life. And that's as simple as it gets for me. I still love it and still excited. It's the greatest privilege and honor for me to come drive in every day and see that tower lit orange with a one on it. So that's our goal. And that wakes me up every day and keeps me up late. So that's who I am. Very cool. Very cool. Uh, one of the things that Molly Phillips said about just the, the Texas staff in general um, is how much I'm going to mess up her words, but in essence, how much n not only were they about like you want to win the game and stuff like that, but how much they cared for, for her and, and for the team as people, um, really concerned about, again, not just their, their stat line and whatnot, but you know, making sure that they, they, they leave Texas better than they came, um, you know, really enjoy their experience um, and, and really come out a, a better person. So it was the, you know, you guys are doing good things. Yeah. I mean, I, I think to, to piggyback that, the way I like to kind of echo that is saying this, it's not about sport. I mean, there's so much pressure to win. I don't care where you're playing, what sport, what's volleyball or soccer or football or tennis. 
whatever swimming, whatever it is. But it, you know, at the end of the day, it's not about what you're doing, right? It's about who you are becoming. And so I think that's the unique thing about our staff here with volleyball and at Texas is like, there's a big component of character development, leadership development, and then what you give back to society once you leave here. It's not just about the sport. The platform is is huge and it's bigger than the ball. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think people miss that <laughs> quite a bit. And yeah, well, and, and before we hit record here and, and you know, we, we talking about club sports and whatnot, you, you have daughters who have, who have played club sports um, so much of the time and, and there's good and bad with it. You know, it just, we, we, we work with, you know, volleyball clubs and or volleyball clubs specifically, and then some baseball clubs and, and whatnot to, to help them, their athletes stay happy, healthy, and strong, you know, th- through the whole thing. Um, but it's not easy because, you know, again, before we hit record, you were, you're kind of said, Hey, they're kind of taking over the, the U S not necessarily bad, but there's some, stickiness with it at times depend which way you go and you and you see some of those club coaches um that are like all they care about is the win you know do i get the win do i get the trophy did i did we win this tournament um and that can be disheartening uh but you also hear of the fantastic stories of these fantastic club teams that, that stick together and they were great and the coaches were great um yeah, Molly said she, her experience was absolutely fantastic. She started at the same club or started in the club with seventh grade, stayed with them all the way through and just, you know, absolutely loved it. And obviously it's turned out well. Um, being a parent, being a division one strength coach, words of advice for parents who might have kids in, in middle school and high school. And, you know, obviously they want this to be a positive experience for their kids. Um, maybe college is in the cards, you know, going off and, and playing collegiate sports. Maybe it's not, I don't know. Um, from from the parent side and from the strength coach side, you you blend those together. What what words of wisdom do you have for people? Okay, I'll start. I'll put my parent hat on first. Uh, being a dad of four daughters, my daughters are seventeen right now, all the way up through twenty two. Oh, geez. Do you have like a boy, do you have a boy dog at least? We have two Cavalier boys. Yeah, they're and they're they're divas. But anyway, uh, probably like me. <laughs> but uh, anyway, my dad hat, parent hat, being a coach and then being a parent so being deep on the the intricacies of club volleyball and club soccer I would say this um, there's so much attention put into what team you're on whether it's an elite team or you know what club you are part of it becomes a status symbol right and your identity gets wrapped up in that so I would say this as a parent really pay attention and try to focus in on more of is your kid becoming more kind? Are they more generous? Are they a good teammate? Do they, when they don't get to start or they don't get the club they want to be on, how do they act? You know, that's, those are character kind of flags that are starting to pop up that you need to not ignore. That's like an engine light on a car. Like, Oh man, like I'm not saying we need to replace the engine, but we may need to do some things to help our daughter or our son's character grow and develop more. So I think that would be one. Uh, I think secondly, with, uh, with the parent hat is look at, look at the value that sport is going to really develop your kid's life. Meaning true, true story here. My, my oldest daughter is 22. She played club volleyball all, all the way up through high school and ended up not going to college and playing, but she's about to graduate college. 
but the leadership, the, the team building, the coachability, the the uh, uncomfortableness, going through adversity, fighting through struggles on sport, did more to develop her as a young woman today than anything I think I've ever done. So don't lose sight of the fact that not every kid will play college. Really, the percentage of kids that play, that go from like high school and play into college is is minuscule. It's very small. So focus on their character, who are they becoming, not what they're doing, and don't forget the value of sport to help them be a leader later on in life. They'll still lean on that. Now, take my parent hat off, put on my coach performance hat. What I'll say, simple terms, today club sports, no matter what it is, they're, kids today, it's, a, it's an Olympic or a professional model of sport. It's a revenue-based model. At the end of the day, it's about the money. I don't care what people tell me, it's about the money. And that system works really well. It's, they brought it down and put it into a very a youth uh, sport uh, model. So think about taking like an NFL model, NBA, whatever, major league, uh, major league baseball, whatever, that model of development and money and revenue where you got multiple teams, multiple layers of teams, multiple ways people get paid and make money, you brought that into a youth sport model. Now, I'm not saying it's all bad, but what you're seeing is kids at a younger age they're, they're specializing in sport really young, which is not good. We know that. I'm not going to beat that drum. But what you're seeing, kids are overdeveloped in their sport at a younger age, and they're underdeveloped physically at a younger age. What we, We've got the cart before the horse. You need to develop kids physically so they can handle the training load, volume, travel, and number of matches that they're playing, Right. Because then your body's more is stronger, it's it's resilient, and you can handle all that that load they're put. So my advice to you as a parent, as a coach, is go back and get your young person some good strength training. Put them some lean mass. They don't need to go heavy, but they need to lift consistently. Think of it like a multivitamin. Just a little bit, two or three times a week, keeps the viruses away. So good strength coach, don't always just put them more time, more time on the court, more time on the field. Take some of that time you would do with that, develop them physically as you're kind of moving up in that sport. And I think that'll save you a lot of heartburn and heartache down the road. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I love the parent hat. So I, I have two boys, uh, 11 and eight, and it is so, so they've, um, they wrestle, they play soccer. We do some tennis in the summer. Um, we, 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 we've done swimming, swimming kind of overlapped with wrestling. So that was a hard thing. Um, but it is. It's so interesting. Just, you know, again, I think of the life lessons I learned as a kid, um, you know, playing sport. Hey, when you're not very good, you're going to sit the bench. Um, when people are better than you, that's a thing. If you want to get better than them, you have to work hard. Um, and it's, it's, it's hard lessons, I think, as a parent to teach my kids. Like, well, if you want that, you need to. I mean, we can create those situations, but gosh, sport is so easy. Like when it comes to actually creating those situations where then later in life, hey, they can use the skill set. Well, like, well, crap, I failed. I can either just give up, you know, or I can get better and, you know, did it. And I, I love wrestling for little boys. Oh my gosh. I, I'm amazed how like it, it's so hard. It's so tough. Um, you know, everybody always loses. Like there's, there's nobody that's undefeated. <laughs> like you, you always lose at some point. Um, Spencer Lee in the, you know, recent NCAA tournament, just destroying people. Won his last, whatever, 40 in a row. And then 
loses and gets pinned, you know, and, and stuff like that. I, I just think it's, I think it's fantastic. Um, so I love that from a parent side of things like that's I, I, nail on the head from a coach side of things. We, we see similar stuff and it's, it, I, I, I don't necessarily blame the club sports outside of, it seems to be like this leveled up thing where like, Hey, here's this blank baseball club and they play, you know, three out of town tournaments and they play these games and good. Uh, oh, but the, there's a new club down the street and they play five out of town tournaments and they travel to different time zones. And, you know, and then this club, Hey, we're, we're going to go to 12 different tournaments and different time zones. And we're going to drag your nine-year-old, you know, throughout the nation. And they're nine, but then you don't have time to do other stuff. Um, is there, did you, did you get, your daughters play other sports with this whole thing? How did you find balance with this from the, from the, the athletic side to, so they, they don't over specialize. I don't know that there's. I don't know if balance is achievable. Um, I would say that. Um, I think the the big. So I'll, I'll speak to a couple points here. I think number one, with this club model, I think you see. Then this is even like, you see. So I've seen it residually kind of follow some of these kids into the college setting. I think their mental health. You know, that's a hot topic today. Um, Kids aren't really uh, allowed to be kids, right? They're um, they're always on the go. They've always their, their schedules are full, and you know, kids today, you know what they they need they need time still to to like hang with their buddies and get get away and and do all that. So I think I think you got to look at you know going back to my talking about pay, being a parent is look at your, the motivation and drive your kid has. If they just don't have it, but you keep driving and pushing them as a parent. Like, what are you doing to your kid? It's not, you know, it's not a good thing uh, when the parent wants it more than the kid wants it. And I think that's a, the parent needs to kind of look in the mirror and go like, why am I, why are you pushing so hard? Like, is this for your kid or is this for, because you want it? And I think that's something that you need to kind of think about. I think, um, I think secondly to that question about balance is give your kid some time off. Like don't schedule private lessons, don't schedule tryouts and tournaments. And like, just like you, you would, the way you think of it like this, right? If margin is like this, if you were, could you imagine picking up a book? Like I got a book on my desk right here and you open that book up and the, the words go all the way from the far left of that page to the inside where it's, where it's, where the bond is at. And you have to turn the book sideways to read every time. There's just no margin it goes from the top of the page to the bottom of the page. There's just no margin. Every page you turn, you wouldn't want to read that book because it'd be so hard to read it. What do you think about You look at your kid's life. Like, is there margin there for them to sleep, have a sleepover with their friends, with the, if they're girls, right? Or if they're boys to go camping or just veg out and just hang out, right? So look at your kid's life. Where's the margin in there for them to, to grow up, to experience their their uh, their adolescence and their teenage years and have fun there so when they get older they can actually draw from that so i think that's that's a part we've kind of we've lost on on some i know I, i've i've been guilty of that too so i'm not pointing fingers i'm kind of talking about myself here a little bit but yeah yeah no that, that that's fantastic so coach i recently finished and this is not a new book but the book grit by angela duckworth um came out great book it came out i don't know how long ago six seven years ago there's a ted talk I just finally read it this year, um, get on the bandwagon, but it's so interesting to me, um, when she defines, Hey, these, these people who found successes, whether it was 
they're amazing at playing musical instruments or running businesses or, or Olympic athletes or whatever, but like they weren't necessarily the smartest or the most genetically gifted or whatever. They, they just did it every day. If you show up at a pool at four 30 in the morning, every day for 15 years, you're probably going to get pretty decent at swimming. Um, so it's, obviously you work with the best of the best. I mean, you, you have phenomenal talent at, at Texas. Um, the kids, the kids coming in, but then also having, you know, daughters who have played, you know, club volleyball and stuff like that. Like you understand what the, the middle school and high school stuff looks like when you see kids that have it and like have, have that grit. Um, is there, is there anything? Cause the only point of uh, part of the book that I was disappointed on is at the end, I thought she was going to tell me, this is how you become grittier. Um, and she had some ideas, but like nothing, nothing for sure, because I was going to implement it the next day. What, what do you see within because obviously the athletes that you coach, the volleyball kids that you coach are gritty. Winning national championships, they're just not handing those out. You have to work for that. What do you see within the, you know, 15, 20 kids that you work with volleyball-wise? What, what is so special about that type of Division One high-level athlete? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a, I think there's a couple pieces there, right? I think, number one, um, they're, they're talented enough to be at this level so i think you know talent's not enough though you got to have the talent or you wouldn't be here but then secondly there's been something um there's a book there's a there's a book by john maxwell called the i think it's the 17 indispensable laws of teamwork or irrefutable i can't remember the word there but it's teamwork and the law the number one law in that book is the law of significance and that law goes, it's simple. It's like this. One is too small of a number to achieve greatness or significance. And you think about that. Any kid that walks through these doors at Texas, they've had a lot of help. Individuals like yourself, club coaches, parents, um, grandmas, aunts, uncles, you know, people, somebody who believed in them, somebody who saw talent in them that helped them work through weaknesses and, and grow through some of that. So I think number one, they've had a huge support system to walk through this door. And then once they get here, what you'll see is I think because they've had that, there's a transition period here. The pressure is intense to win. It is not for the faint of heart and pressure is a privilege, but not everybody I've seen it. Not everybody comes to Texas can handle it. They need to, probably go somewhere else. And that's, that's okay sometimes. Right. So I think they've had a great support system to get here, but then when they get here, it's so important that each individual team culture comes along or those, whether it's a female or male and go, Hey, we do physical assessments on them, medical assessments. And we look and say, okay, where's the gaps of where they're hurting or where they're weak or where they're strong physically, but also like, where do they need mentoring in their character and their leadership development? So I think you'll, when you get kids in here, cause you're going to get kids, they're going to get tested. You talked about grit, dude, in college, at some point, every athlete thinks about quitting. It's that hard of a deal. You know, um, I, in my college career, we didn't have all these resources. I thought I had a bad injury. I wanted to quit, but just push through it. And so I think part of the this college system is designed to test your, your kind of fortitude and your, your kind of resilience and grittiness, right? 
And so I, I think what you see again, kids have all the tools and the resources when they, or support system when they get here. But once they get here, what they do with that is going to be up to them. You know, when I, when I was at Georgia, the last thing I'll say is I'll never forget as a true freshman. Um, we walked through the doors of this huge complex in Athens, Georgia, and it was a big quote there. And it said, if it is to be, it's up to me. And you know what? Uh, these kids come here. If To answer your question, if they do not realize the opportunity they have for this personally and individually for themselves to change their career and future, uh, then they're just missing out. And so kids that come here that usually don't do well to your question is because they do not take full responsibility for the resources, the talent and the abilities and gifts they've been given and they waste it. Gotcha. Is, um, just, just having, having daughters and when, I don't know if you can answer this question, maybe I'm reaching here and, and having, you know, kids have gone through this and, and whatnot is anything looking back, not regretting or anything with that, but anything you would have done differently with your kids knowing like, I, I don't know what you do now. I mean, every day, I, I, I honestly, I mean, you said it earlier, like you're, you're 20 some off, you're, you know, coaching, but you feel like it's you know, <laughs> the first week, keep learning, you know, you're, you're open-minded to things. Is there anything that you would have done differently in the way of like your own daughters and, and pushing them or, or pulling them back or relaxing stuff like that? One of my biggest, here's where my, my question comes from. One of my biggest frustrations is that I'll see kids and we, you know, seventh grade, and they're with us six, seven months a year, you know, training, training volleyball. And then they're training with us two or three days a week, which is fantastic. We've integrated it with, you know, having it right next to their practice. Um, so they either lift and then go do volleyball. They do volleyball and then they come and lift. Um, and all of a sudden they hit their junior year. And I think they don't get a lot of the stuff that you were saying earlier, the, the freedom, the flexibility, some time off, Hey, have a sleepover or some friends and, and, and stuff like that. Um, and then they get burnout and then they're just, then they're done, which is fine. Maybe not meant to be not, I just, it makes me sad and I'm not their parent, but like, it makes me sad that like, oh my gosh, you put in all this work, all this time, all this travel, all this money. And now we're, ah, uh, any, it, it, just looking at your own kids and whatnot, any, anything where you, do you think you would have pushed harder or pulled back or, you know, any of that, not to throw your, the, the Mabe family <laughs> under the bus with any of this. I just think you're in such a neat position with, I think it's a good question. I think for me, like I'm so grateful and thankful that all my kids have played sport. So that I'll, I'll as of right now, I'll never regret that as far as I can tell. So thankful. I think maybe, you know, hindsight 2020, I wish I would have been more intentional and kind of maybe where I placed them, meaning maybe done a little... I just didn't know what I was walking into fully as a, you know, I coached in college, but I didn't really understand the club scene until we got into it. And so because of my business and my career, I oftentimes was not as had my hands in the weeds as much with the club scene stuff. And so I kind of figured out some of it as we went, but then by the time we did, you know, um, we were further enough down our career and some of that. So I think I just would have been a little bit more intentional and done a little bit more homework on maybe the path I would have chosen for each one of them a little differently. Again, I don't know that the outcome would be any different today. I'm not trying to look at the outcome. 
I think sometimes, and, and I think this is just part of the system, I don't think the experience these kids get at a younger age is not always high quality. Uh, and again, I think, again, most of these club coaches are working a full-time job and then they're doing a part-time gig at clubs. And so you get what you pay for, you know? And so I just don't think that there's, you go to a club with 30 teams, you know, if you got two coaches per team, that's 60. I don't think that there's 60 amazing coaches in baseball, football, soccer, volleyball, tennis out there. Now, maybe out of those 60, maybe like a handful of them are like amazing, but then the rest of them are kind of like, they don't know what you're doing, so to speak, you know, and I'm not trying to hate on clubs, but I think I just, again, I just didn't understand that system uh, as much as I do now. So my advice to any parent or coach listening would, hey, pause, go interview some other parents, do your homework, go into it with an open mind, think about the goals you have for your kid. You know, for example, is it important for your kid to start or do you want to develop them right now? If you want them to start, you're going to put them, you need to put them on a lesser club because if they're not that good, they're not you put on them on a higher club. They're going to set the bench and probably watch. So, but if you want to develop them, maybe put on a lower level club, they'll get more reps, more practice and develop slower, right? You'll have to be a little more humble, but then it's about growth and development. So I think that kind of, uh, to your question, that's kind of my hindsight looking back. Very cool. Very cool. I know we've had numerous athletes through the years where, you know, it's hard within a, with a volleyball team to get the perfect number of setters and middles and right sides and, you know, everything going on. And we've had, you know, spots open, say spots open up, but, you know, somebody doesn't come back or, so, you know, injury or something like that and a spot open up and, um, hey, we can we can offer it to this the, the next girl in line, but have her understand that, hey, you're not going to play as much as what you are right now on this different team. And some kids have jumped at it and they've been the best cheerleader and they're the most amazing practice player. And they're fantastic with that. And other kids have gone the other way and be like, Oh, I'd rather just be, you know, better on this, this, this lower team and, and have that development piece. Um, and it's not, a, I don't think there's a right choice there. I, I think both are, both are tough. Um, Coach, I want to change to it. We, we talked to Molly about some of the awesome, just because sports now is more than just, hey, go out and play your sport. There's there's obviously the physical piece to it, the you know, the lifting weights performance piece, but then there's nutrition and there's recovery and there's sleep and da 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 da. Um, recommendations. You know, she told us all the cool things that you guys have going on in Texas, which, you know, is the, the food after games and stuff like that. It just it sounds amazing. <laughs> if if you're this you're this parent of, you know, traveling high school athlete, I'm not just volleyball, anything um, in the way of nutrition and sleep slash rest recovery. What, what would be, what are your recommendations for this? These kids that are strapped everywhere and they have tests and AP tests and all these things going on. What, what do you recommend from the nutrition side and then from the sleep side? Oh man, nutrition. That one is a big one, especially for, uh, for these, again, it goes back to my, earlier kind of point of no margin. So I, here's the crazy thing about youth sport today. The parent almost has to be like a general manager of like a professional club because <laughs> you got to schedule flights, hotels, you got to do meals, you got to be the team mom. You got to remind your kid what to pack. You got to schedule privates. You got to get the strength coach. You got to meet with the, 
it's like you're this like you could almost be like have your own like uh agency almost it's crazy how how complex it's become uh, i would say just keep it simple with your um with your nutrition right now meaning if possible get up make your make just get that develop that discipline of your kid having something to eat in the morning um again i'm not the the role model on this but if, if you really want to be consistent keep it simple something good in the morning usually try to avoid like high sugary stuff something that's going to be a little bit more um have some protein in it and kind of keep your blood sugar levels stable throughout the day. So I think having something to eat in the morning, uh, the other piece of that's going to be, uh, you know, if you, you're going to eat fast food, it's going to happen. Look for healthier choices on the menu, get some fiber in there, some roughage uh, when you can and try just to avoid like the sugary, sweet, greasy stuff that kids love today as much as possible. Uh, so the more you can d- discipline and have those habits, uh, on the road and then at home, what you're putting in, in the fridge. I've, I've learned is we've, my wife does all the shopping for us at home, but if, if we don't bring it home, we don't eat it. And so that's kind of a simple rule to follow there. So I think that helps. Um, and then for a sleep, we did this early on with our kids. We don't do it now, but, uh, try to really keep their phones downstairs. If you can early on, they're old enough. Now they can keep it up there and they'll be on it late at night sometimes. But as much as you can, trying to get them off the screen and just get some sleep. It's amazing. Uh, even just recently, one of my my kids, like she's been tired lately. I was like, well, go to bed earlier. Stop staying up late talking to your friends. They like to FaceTime, you know, at night. And, um, and I, I mean, I would have done the same thing. So I understand why they're doing it. But if you want to be more rested, then get, you know, get you a good seven, eight hours every night. And again, the the three foundations are sleep hydration and nutrition. If you can do those three, your energy is going to be higher. Uh, you're going to be in a better mood, right? And you're going to stay healthier and, and uh, perform better in school, in the classroom and on the court. So keep it as simple as possible if you can. Just develop those. The key is those routines and rituals. That's how you do it. If you don't have a routine or ritual, then you'll be all over the place. So, Yeah. I know Molly was saying that her um... – just ability in which to stay organized and stay on top of things, um, prioritize things um, where just coming in as a freshman, she, she made some mistakes, you know, Hey, there's a test on Tuesday or a test on Thursday, but they have a Wednesday night game and she procrastinates a couple of things. And all of a sudden she stays up too late and, you know, she gets through it, you know, cause she, cause she's fine. But then all of a sudden she's garbage for the game, the weekend. Um, so it's that, that balance thing and, and, and just really being responsible with, uh, I don't know, with your time, time management, I guess is what I'm saying. Um, it was, it's not easy. Cause again, going back to what you said, kids have so much going on. Um, and then as a, as a parent, when we go to wrestling meets, I agree with you. I, like, my wife is like the general manager and she's packing the coolers with food and stuff like that, because I don't really want my kids eating the greasy piece of pizza in between matches. Like that sounds like a terrible thing. I've seen kids vomit on the mat. Like that's, that's not what you're I've got a part to this. I think this is kind of a, to, to your point about the food, nutrition, and parenting kind of covers a lot. There's a there's an author by the name of Dr. Tim Elmore out of Atlanta. If you've not read any of his stuff, his, his kind of niche is Generation Z. Millennials and Generation Z kind of, um, he's done a ton of books, classes on it. I know him personally, good friend of mine. 
Um, he did last year came out and I, I read it and took, uh, took one of our clubs through, through the book of the parents. It's called generation Z unfiltered is the name of the book. Here's the point I was going to with that. This is going to be a challenge. Your listeners, if you're a parent or coach, this is going to be a challenge for you. He talks about today how most kids, the majority of kids are led or parented in a prescriptive way. Meaning, hey, get up in the morning at six, pack your bag, get your knee pads, get your water bottle, make sure you've texted your teammate, be downstairs. And like you just give your kids a list of like the prescription of things to do. Make sure before you leave for the tournament, check in with your teacher. Make sure you got your assignment. The parent just gives them a list of things they need to remind them to do. Now, you want to try to move away from that as they grow older to more of a descriptive model. So prescriptive is I'm giving you everything you need to do. You're not having to think. I'm telling you everything. It's like a box, checking boxes. Whereas descriptive is like, hey, we're leaving tomorrow at 6.30 a.m. for the tournament. Be sure you're ready to go. And then you ask the kid, like, what do you need to get done to be ready? And let them come up with it. That's descriptive. You give them the big theme and they figure out the pieces. Because what's happening is kids are maturing later in life now because parents and coaches, we're not giving them the opportunities to have these learning and failure episodes as a young adult that they need to learn, touch the hot stove and get burnt and learn from that. So prescriptive parenting or coaching, moving more towards a descriptive parenting coaching model. Coach, I, th- I think that's fantastic. Um, I actually have a degree in elementary education. I, I, I taught middle school math for, for 14 years. Um, and then we, we implemented a, a discipline model called love and logic. But it's, it's basically everything that you just summed up there where you, you want the kid to learn to fail. Because if you're constantly like, do you have your pencil? Do you have your homework? Do you have your paper? Do you have your book? Do you have your assignment notebook? Do you have a Or, hey, do you have everything that you need for class today? <laughs> put it on the kid. And then if they don't, well, now it's their problem. Like, well, Hey, you screwed up. You don't have your homework. You know, you're not going to get credit for it. I'm, I'm sorry. You're sad, but next time they're going to remember it. You know, if a kid forgets their knee pads, you know, because mommy didn't remind them like that shouldn't be on mom. That should, that should be on the kid. Um, I absolutely love that. I'm going to have to check that out because I think that coach, coach I'm telling you, I, I'm not going to say who, but I've got a coach right now I'm working with. And if you look at the group chat, uh, it is prescriptive every day. And, and, and it's because there's so much going on. But here's my thing. When you get a job, these guys, these, are, these, are, these guys are 19 to 22 years old young men. When they go out to the job market, is their boss going to do that? No. They're not going to. So yeah. are they not prepared for that? Because we've held their hand. And I'm not saying you can't do some of that. You, you got, I mean, obviously you got to, you got to find a balance there and, and to find the right thing that works for you. But kids, I mean, kids got to give they got to be given a chance to, to mature a little bit and grow up as an adult. So. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, coach, I want to be respectful of your time with this whole thing there. Is there anything, we, we didn't really talk any strength conditioning. <laughs> Is there anything that you wish I would have asked you? No, I mean. I mean, I think for me, you know, um, 
like I said, I'm, I can't believe I'm about to go into year 30 of doing this deal. Uh, I just can't believe it. I just, I think, you know, my heart, um, a lot of people have asked me recently, kind of like, what do you want to, what's kind of your next thing? I think I just want to continue to, to uh, pour into young coaches and I want to be able to mentor and develop other leaders. You know, I think that's my heart. I didn't tell you this, and this is a little bit of a plug. It's not out yet, but I finally finished. I've got a book coming out. It'll be, I don't have a, I don't have a launch date on it, but, but it's going to be on leadership and coaching. Uh, but it's going to be a, just a story of my journey from being an intern in 1994 at the University of Colorado, not knowing which way was up to how do you kind of move into a director, kind of athletics director role to where I'm at today? Kind of what's that journey look like and how do you kind of get there? So it's a, practical path for that so that'll be that should adam i'm hoping i got it i'll start meeting with editors this first of may hoping by the fall it's it's launched at some point but i want to that's what I, that's my heart i want to be helping people kind of continue to grow and and uh, developing their path as we go so there we go coach that 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 that's fantastic um sorry what just went through my head with that i i've had um and there's a specific parent i'm thinking of but just with all the, and you probably see the same thing of all the kids that we've helped through the years and whatnot, you know, get stronger, faster, jump higher, you know, just stay healthy. Da, da, da. Um, it, it's funny when, when parents talk to me about, Hey, Adam, I, you really helped out my kid with blank and they don't say strength or speed or quickness or da, da, but they say confidence. They say leadership. Like my, my daughter now like walks down the hallway, like with her shoulders pulled back and, and she is confident. Um, and, and just, ready to take on the, 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 the weight of the world um, versus before when they walked in, they didn't know what was going on. You know, they're kind of head down, shoulders shrunken forward and, and, and whatnot. And I, I think exactly what you're saying there, that, that leadership piece, um, the confidence piece that, that kind of all runs together. One, I think it's hard to teach. Like, I think it's really hard to teach people how to be a leader because everybody has their own flavor, their own, their own thing. You probably tell all this in the book, but <laughs> like it's, you know, some people are very vocal. Some people more lead by example. Um, and boys are different than girls when it c comes to these things. And it's, it's, it's so interesting. Um, yeah, I'm excited. That's a good point. I think no leaders ever become a leader by just reading a book or taking a class. You I always say you've got to, you've got to have, you know, you've got to have the knowledge of what it takes to be a leader, but then there's at some point to be that leader, there's got to be some sort of a laboratory experience, metaphorically speak, speaking, You've got to get in there and try things and make mistakes and get burned and be successful and learn from different things that uh, that didn't go well. And I mean, I, again, I think my my greatest lessons over the year as as any leader has been really the hard lessons I've learned from just making you know failures, flops, and fumbles. Like I've just completely blown it. That's taught me more about being a better leader than the successes. And those are the hard lessons because oftentimes they sting for a while and they they stick with you so yeah you're exactly right that's how you become confident you make mistakes get strong through that stand up right pick your boots put put them back on again and don't quit and then you eventually you you're, you're strong and you're confident and you're secure in your leadership coach sounds like you have a little bit of grit i got yeah i mean you dude i think we all you, if you're in this profession you're a little crazy for one there's a little something off in your head if you're in performance. Uh, but yeah, you gotta, you gotta fight through some tough seasons. And I always say like this, right. You don't, I was telling one of our athletes this, 
the other day. I was like, you ever meet a leader? And I've met a couple like this in my my uh, my tenure that they just they the two things they got all the answers and they don't they've never really made a mistake. Run from that person because you cannot ever trust a leader who doesn't walk with a limp. Um, there's just an authentic humility that's not weakness. There's a strength to it because they understand this is what I've been through. This is what it feels like to fail, and this is what it feels like to be successful. And so now that that humility is authentic. It's it's a strong humility, right? It's attractive and it's uh, something that's reproducible. And people are was was it uh, the one leader? I think Craig Rochelle talked. People would rather follow a leader that's real, right, than somebody who's kind of like fake. And so just keeping it real, uh, authentic. You're human. You've made mistakes. You own up to them. You don't. You're vulnerable. There's a vulnerability piece, like Brene Brown talks about. But you're not weak either, though. You're strong, and so that's something that's very attractive, and people people can ascribe to that leadership. Coach, I don't write books, but the a leader that walks with a limp needs to be in that book somewhere. That's a that's a phenomenal line. Yeah, it's true though. You you look at people who've made mistakes. They're usually pretty. They're they're confident, and strong, but they're also humble. They're compassionate, so they're empathetic, so it helps. That's awesome. That's awesome. Coach, if people want to find, you know, find out more about you, what you're doing, blah, 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 social things, where where, where can they find Coach Donnie Mabe? I'm pretty active on Instagram, uh, so just at Donnie Mabe. If you just type that in, it should pop up. And then I do, I, I kind of check Twitter some as well. I don't really post a lot on Twitter. I just kind of, that's where I get all my news usually. Um, and that's at coach Donnie, just at coach Donnie. And those are the two main, uh, socials that if you wanted to connect with me or follow me or shoot me a text, would love to uh, speak with you. So there we go. Uh, book wise, where, where can people find the book when this will, it'll be on my website. Um, my website is www.donniemabe.com. And that's just my first and last name. Uh, D-O-N-N-I-E-M-A-I-B.com. When it does launch, and again, I'll have more information on that probably uh, in the fall. It's, I'm pretty close to being uh, done with it. But yeah, excited about that project. It's been a long time coming. Yeah, very cool. Very cool. Well, Coach, I really appreciate your time. Or you appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Um, I, I really appreciate the combination of sport coach, sport, you know, performing coach, knowing that end of things, but then un- understanding the other I don't know, half, 80%, 90%, 99%. That is, you know, the parenting and, and, and the journey and, you know, that understand that it's a marathon, not a sprint. And, you know, that wisdom that comes with that. So you're the man, sir. I appreciate you. Uh, thank you, Adam. Thanks for the uh, invitation. I always love talking sport and life. It's uh, always quality conversation and appreciate the work you're doing for everybody too. So you're doing a great job. There we go. Coach, again, awesome. Thanks so much. Listeners, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you on the next one. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks again for listening to another episode of Oak Performance Radio. Don't forget to check us out on the social at Oak Performance and online at www.oakstrength.com backslash Oak Performance. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time.